Welcome to Companion Chapel. My name is Mike, coming to you from the Great Lakes area, beautiful Ontario, Canada, on this gorgeous Wednesday, March 10th, day 221. It's a nice day outside. It's spring outside, that's for sure. The book of Isaiah today, Isaiah meaning the salvation of Jehovah, prophecy that was written for today, written prophecy that is more relevant to these times right now than ever before. All God's prophecies occur and develop in preliminary and partial happenings, for example, to us, before they lead up to and become fulfilled and permanent like we're seeing around us in the here and now. Isaiah's voice and pen, but it's God's words. Please consider your part in the many-member body of Christ. Help magnify and broadcast God's saving word. This podcast is only possible through your donation. Please give it up for God at companionchapel.com, Visa, MasterCard, PayPal, or e-transfer to email address companionchapel at gmail.com. You are encouraged to send your biblical questions to or prayer requests to email address companionchapel at gmail.com or come by for a Bible study to number 338, side road 28-29, RR5Paisley, Ontario, Canada, NOG2GO, or the phone number here is 519-706-8876. Now turn with me in your Bibles, please, to Isaiah chapter 63 and verse 1. Whom... Who is this that cometh from Edom with dyed garments from Basra that is is glorious in his apparel, traveling in greatness of his strength? I that speak in righteousness, mighty to save. Now, in the English, that makes no sense at all grammatically or anything else. So let's just just read this. I read from the manuscripts before uh, we teach here. So let's just take this uh, verse here and make some sense of it. Who is this that cometh from Edom? Who is this that cometh? This is, we're talking about the Messiah, Jesus Christ himself, in the execution of his vengeance in judgment. It's his righteous indignation. What he's doing is he's coming from the red nations. And his garments are vintage. That's what uh, Edom means, red nations. And that's back in uh, chapter 34, 5. We touched on this also. That's Russia, Russia. That's the red nations, uh, the red communist tyrant nations uh, and dyed with garments of boraz that's that just means vintage garments this is jesus christ himself and what's being said here we're going to read the first four verses i'll just read them and then we'll we'll make some sense out of this so uh, verse two wherefore art thou red in thine apparel and thy garments like him that treadeth in the wine fat that's the wine press i have trodden the wine press alone and of the people there was none with me, for I will tread them in my anger and trample them in my fury, and their blood shall be sprinkled upon my garments, and I will stain all my raiment. For the day of vengeance is in my heart, and the year of my redeemed is come. What's being said here? We're just going to stop here for a second. We're using uh, threads throughout the Bible that uh, are figures of speech and these threads throughout the Bible come together thread after thread after thread and they create the key of David and we have figures of speech here that unlock the scriptures and this is figure of speech metonymy and this is the cause the cause is judgment all these things being said here that just sound horrific but the cause is judgment on the tyrant systems of government in this case Edom uh, is Russia as as we uh, refer to back in chapter 34 5 and other places throughout the Bible uh, Edom means red Rush and that's Russia and China the red nations uh, the effect is the system's life force its blood is fatally shed uh, 
And we're talking about Christ eliminates the tyrant systems of government presently found in places like Russia and China. They have to go. There is no peace there. They're pure evil. They're oppressive. And it's the saddest thing when people end up under an oppressive government. And we are so lucky here in Canada and the United States that we've won the lottery in life to be able to live in these times right now where we have a fairly decent government and uh, and we, people just take that for granted. Uh, let's carry on here and just remember, Christ eliminates these things. He hates communism. He's the judge and communism is oppressive. And don't forget when God said, I love Jacob, but I hated Esau. How could he hate a little baby? Well, because he knew what that little baby was going to create, the system thereof, the communists, the fascist systems, the oppressive tyrant systems that just are so hard on the human beings, so hard on his children. We pray for all those people. And uh, we're in verse 5 here. And I looked, and there was none help. And I wondered that there was none to uphold. Therefore my own arm brought salvation unto me, and my fury it upheld. God is judge. He doesn't need anybody to go out there and do it for him. He's not, no, no, no one in mankind is going to take credit for God's judgments and, and how things go down. You have to be part of it, but you can't take credit for it. Uh, what God's word is written and mankind has nothing to do with it. We're going to touch on that more in the next chapter, actually. And I will tread down the people in mine anger and make them drunk in my fury, and I will bring down their strength to the earth. And that's those that perpetuate oppression on others. So to understand these verses here, we have to um, take into consideration the figures of speech used throughout the Bible, and it's uh, figure of speech metonymy here. And that's the substitution of a name, which we're talking about the um, wine and blood, uh, for the for the attribute that for the thing that is being meant, it's like he's going to, to take the life force right out of these oppressive governmental systems that exist on planet Earth today, and it, it's like saying, uh, say you call some guy a suit for a business executive. It's like saying here, blood and and wine and wine press for the death of these tyrant systems and the people that perpetuate them it's very easy to understand like that verse 7 i will mention the loving kindness of the lord and the praises of the lord according to all that the lord hath bestowed upon us and the great goodness towards the house of israel which he hath bestowed upon them according to his mercies and according to the multitude of his loving kindness we're going to acknowledge the lord because the god's in control eight for he said Surely they are my people, children that will not lie. Now take that out of there, scratch that out. This is this should read, children that will not deal falsely. This means, uh, I'll read the rest of the verse. So he was their savior. And when you submit with unquestioned obedience and acknowledge the fact that God is judge and God is governmental perfection and man can never govern themselves. And you have to submit to that fact and then... Uh, God is going to make that come to pass. It's not if, it's when. And it's right around the corner as far as the affairs of time are concerned. God's going to clean up this planet and all these systems thereof will not exist anymore. And the people that just can't get over those systems, like 
possibly just to make a suggestion the tyrants that are in charge well if they want to just keep perpetuating them then they can try doing that in hell with the, the the person that they they follow where they get these ideas from and it's the adversary himself that cares not for his people there's no love in evil whatsoever and as it's written remember we just finished remember what god says there is no peace saith my god to the wicked there's no peace with those people that perpetuate these systems mankind cannot govern themselves and that's all there is to it in all their affliction he was afflicted and the angel of his presence saved them in his love and his pity and he redeemed them and he bare them and carried them all the days of old we're talking about here if in all their affliction he was afflicted jesus christ was afflicted more than any human being could possibly comprehend. Jesus Christ was tempted and he felt more pain and suffering and still does to this day. He did not compromise with evil. We compromise with evil. We all fall short. We all sin. And and the angel of his presence saved them. Well, angels are messengers and we have an angel and we always should ask for our angel to face the Lord when we pray and the angels make sure that our prayers are heard by God. If you repent, you have, there's conditions that we have to follow. Uh, his pity, he redeemed them. That's He sent his only begotten son. For God so loved the world, he sent his only begotten son. And look what the world did to him. He was blameless. No guile, no malice, no corruption was found in our Lord Jesus Christ. He did not sin. And look what he, look, how did he redeem them by doing that? Because he has power over sin. He's the only one worthy. He's the only one that defeated death. He's the only one strong enough to do so. And in doing so, by not compromising with evil and not negotiating with evil, he set up a place of peace, a heaven, a place of peace beyond our present comprehension that will not accommodate evil. It is valid. It is legit. He redeemed us. But we have to follow the natural order of things and God's commandments. That's God's laws. That's God's this word and we have to follow it and we have to repent and we have to let go of those things the ways and things of evil as it's written here these systems and people that perpetuate it they're going to be the life force is going to be grinded right out of them like grapes in a wine press it's just going to be bloody mess because it's over there's no more oppression god is a god of peace and he's a god of life those are the ways of oppression and death so let's carry on here 10 but they rebelled and vexed his Holy Spirit. That's really bad. Therefore, he was turned to be their enemy, and he fought against them. Because good and evil are in a perpetual battle. God will not compromise with evil, and that's all there is to it. Or we just go through another age uh, of just trouble, turmoil, oppression, suffering, and that's not what a loving father wants. He wants your free will love, and anybody who doesn't want to give up their free will love to the Lord, well, then can go play somewhere else and have another world like it is today. You might live in a little microcosm of what you perceive as safety, but look at the planet. It's just trouble, conflict. There's millions of people just displaced right now. Nowhere to go. They're called refugees, and there's millions of people being forced labor. And we have uh, um, the system of things, which is the economy, which is the root of all evil, which just is all about labor exploitation. They don't care. And 
you have to be very careful. Are you participating in labor exploitation? Do you think it's innocent for you just to go into some store and buy some stuff that's beyond the basic necessities of life just because you want it? And it doesn't matter that it's made in China and someone over there is suffering. It doesn't matter that it's made in Taiwan and somebody's over there suffering. Now, we're all guilty of this. Believe me, so am I. I'm sitting here talking, uh, doing this podcast on a MacBook Pro that I know Apple has factories that they had to put suicide nets around the outside of the factory because people were jumping off the roof. They'd rather jump off the roof to their death than work and build these computers that I'm using right now. But just keep tone it down and be aware of what you're doing. Stick to the basic necessities of life and give it up for God. And don't be so selfish and thinking about yourself because God's going to require that of you. If you if just because you're not part of the government that is involved in labor exploitation or part of the corporations of the world that are part of the maximization of profits, then who's perpetuating it? We are, the general public, God's children, and God's watching us, making other people suffer, and we just turn a blind eye to it, like, oh, I just really needed this article of garbage to make my house look much better but uh or i needed a bigger house or i needed more cars or i needed something else like it's all about thinking about what the basic necessities of life are giving it up for god and thinking about other human beings god's going to require that of you your selfish ways your gluttonous ways and your greed ways god's ways of gain are by giving the devil's ways of gain are by taking and in taking human rights and dignities from other uh, what is the treasure of the world doing right now making these giant corporations it's all about money it's all about profit it's all about they they make products that they plan to make obsolete like the telephone for example let me tell you when i was a kid my grandma's telephone lasted for 40 years and it would probably still be ringing off the hook today but no it's upgrade culture and that that makes labor exploitation and this is what god hates and he's getting rid of all this stuff he's going to make it a bloody mess useless he's going to drive the life force right out of it just like in a wine press it's gone gone forever uh, verse 11 then he remembered the days of old moses and his people saying where is he that brought them up out of the sea with the shepherd of his flock where is he that put his holy spirit within him Okay, people, this is a question. They led, that led them by the right hand of Moses with his glorious arm, dividing the waters before them to make himself an everlasting name, that led them through the deep as a horse in the wilderness, that they shall not stumble. As a beast goeth down into the valley, the Spirit of the Lord caused him to rest. So did thou lead thy people to make thyself a glorious name. This is all safety analogy. We took, we, it, this is about, uh, from verse 11 to 14, this is about the exodus. And we, we have an exodus out of confusion right now. Exodus out of the ways and things of the world. Jesus Christ said, I'll feed you with the bread of life and I'll quench your thirst with the living waters. You won't hunger or thirst after the ways or things of the world again. You realize that we're just sojourning here. We're just on a journey. And that means as children of God, we do not belong to this world. This world is not our home of greed and gluttony and, and money and the things and ways of the world. We are only passing through. And that's 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11. You're a man, woman, or child of God, and 
we're not part of the system. We have to participate in the system for the basic necessities of life and anything beyond that. Just remember, give it up for God. God requires it from you. This is a safety analogy, the beasts that go down into the valley. This is like the cattle. They're out in the range all day and they're wide open. You know, any, the enemy can come in to the cattle, like uh, whatever. What eats up a cattle, Tammy? What What's an enemy to a cow? They're pretty big. Like... Well, wolves like sort of um Wo- yeah, like wild like wild like animals wild dogs, oh lions um like uh, what are some of the big cats that we find in uh, ligers the tiger lion combo what come on Nicole. i saw that on napoleon dynamite like jeez <laughs> what give me the name well, of a cat that, that a panther cougar cheetah do we have cougars? you're a cougar oh cheetah <laughs> I'm going to punch you. I'm sorry about the violent reference there, but I'm going to have to do something. I will block that punch. I'm proficient in the in the martial art of jiu-jitsu, Tammy. I could flip you from here. So just remember that in your punches. Okay, so we're talking about safety here and Tammy being a cougar. Okay, so verse 15. Take that back. <laughs> Take it back right now. I take it back, but I'm just saying, are you an enemy to cattle? Oh, you're a vegan. You don't even eat cattle. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, 15. Look down from heaven and behold from the habitation of thy holiness and thy glory. Where is thy zeal and thy strength, the sounding of thy bowels and thy mercies towards me? Are they restrained? These are questions. Doubtless thou art our father, though Abraham be ignorant of us, and Israel acknowledge us not. Thou, O Lord, art our father, our redeemer. Thy name is from everlasting. Okay, what's being said here? It says people forget. You know what we're called uh, over here in Canada, United States, and through Europe? The ten tribes of Israel became called Ephraim and Manasseh. And they forget. Ephraim means double-blessed. And look at the double-blessed nations on the earth. You've got to be watching because if God double blesses these nations, God expects more back. Not this chaos and this confrontation and troubles and conflict. But let's get back to here. They forget Abraham is their heritage. Manasseh means forgetful. Ephraim means double blessed. And and they don't even acknowledge Israel. I don't know how many people come up to me and say, uh, where are the ten tribes of Israel? They're lost. Well, God said they'd be as uh, numerous as the stars of the heavens and numerous as the sands of the sea. Uh, what do you think? God was a dum-dum and he couldn't figure that one out? They're not lost. You're the dum-dum. They, they went all... What? <laughs> <laughs> what? They're all over the place. No, we're of the... Dumb-dumb. We're of the... Tw- I called one person the dum-dum. Well, you don't call people dumb dumb. Tammy, can you go sit on the balcony, please? No. Okay. Well, the twelve tribes of Israel are not lost. Uh, the two. Tri- this is the parable of the fig tree. The two two tribes are back there now. Uh, it, that made Israel in 1948. Judah was always there. The, our our brothers from brother Judah, uh, known as Jewish people, we love them to pieces. And some Levites stayed behind, and Benjamin was there too, also. But ten tribes went over the Caucasus Mountains, and they had to go across the, it's their job. It was, we're the husbandmen, right from uh, the book of Genesis. Ab- or Adam was born to be the husbandman, that family, the family history uh, of, and the generations of Adam to, to plant 
the seed of God throughout the world to whomsoever will. And we migrated across the Caucasus Mountains up over into Europe and into Canada, United States. And people say, well, where's the 12 tribes of Israel? Well, just look out your window. We're all over the place, man. It's people that keep the faith. That's who we're supposed to be. Learn the conditions that God has written in here. Uh, you can't make them up. You can't romanticize who you think God is. God is. It's one book, and the average person has 40 solid thinking years to get through one extremely repetitive book that has to be taught. Uh, let's just carry on here. The people of thy holiness have possessed it but a little while. Our adversaries have trodden it down. That's right. Look what they've done to the churches today. Go to any church, and you'll be lucky to find a church that isn't just rife with traditions, that look religious, or have some guy at the front in effeminate clothing or with a backwards collar on, using the Bible as a book of quotes. It is so sad. We pray for those people. We pray for those congregations because they want to believe in God and they want to know their God. But when you use the Bible as a book of quotes, it is impossible to get the saving message. It is impossible to get the uh, the threads that go throughout the Bible and create the key of David to unlock the scriptures that you can open the Bible to any page and enjoy it and feel the certainties and never feel anxiety, worry, or fear again of what's going on around you. Uh, and this is what thy holiness, okay, adversaries have trodden down thy sanctuary. Where do we read about that? Oh, this, this, oh, this is the greatest verse here, if you want to read exactly what that means. It's in 2 Corinthians, and it's in uh, chapter 11. And this is what Paul is saying, what's happening in the churches. For, for such are false apostles. That's false set, sent out ones. Deceitful workers, transforming. This is disguising themselves into apostles of Christ. Yes, I'm sent out from Christ. I went to a seminary, and I have this dress on now. I stand up at the front. Please call me reverent, even though that is abomination to God. One of the seven spirits of God is reverence. And that means reverence to God. That belongs to God. That's the only spirit you cannot ask for. You can ask for one of the other seven spirits. Uh, can you please allow me some Holy Spirit in me, the Lord? Can you please allow me the spirit of wisdom? Can you allow, please allow me the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel? You can ask for the spirit of knowledge, and the, you can ask for strength from the Lord. That's six. We are six. Six is the number of man. Man's frailty. Seven is the number of spiritual completeness. And that seventh spirit of God that Isaiah taught us here, or that God taught us through Isaiah, is the spirit of reverence. You cannot ask for that. Don't ever think you can be of reverence to anybody. So be careful. These people are transforming themselves as apostles of Christ. Remember, John the Baptist was down at the... Christ said, well, when you went to look for John the Baptist, what were you looking for? Someone in effeminate clothing? No, he was down there in, in a potato sack and he was um, baptizing people. And, and, and Jesus Christ said, there's not one better born of woman than John the Baptist until Jesus Christ himself. So you have to be careful because they are transformed, disguised, like they're apostles of Christ. Oh, they seem so holy. It sounds holy. Their message sounds holy. And no marvel. Then don't be surprised. And this is God's word. For Satan himself is transformed that's disguised he participates as an angel of light oh he looks good too believe me satan's greatest trick 
is to make the whole world think he doesn't exist. And in the book of Daniel, it's written, he comes in peacefully and prosperously. Watch out for today. Read my blog. I'm telling you, he is here and now ready to rock. And you just be prepared because Jesus Christ told us all things. 15, therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers... Satan's ministers also be transformed, disguised as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. You're judged by your works. Believe me. Uh, don't believe me. Just believe what's written here. 19, to finish up this chapter, 63, Isaiah. We are thine. Thou never bearest rule over them. They were not called by thy name. Why? Because they don't call God's name. They don't know God's name. Just like the Sadducees and the Pharisees of today, of yesterday, there's nothing new under the sun. They can call God, God, Lord, Lord, whatever they want. And remember in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus Christ says, depart from me. I didn't know you. You didn't get to know me. You just made it up. You just made up what you think is holy. And you brought all these void and vain traditions into the house of God, into my house. And it's just an abomination to God. It's the saddest thing. We pray for these people. Read your Bible. Keep reading your Bible. Read it and read it. Yeah, you won't understand it the first time. But you start to see threads appear. You start to see figures of speech appear. You start to see phrases appear over and over. And then those are called threads through the Bible. And these threads form the fabric structure of the key of David and the scriptures will be unlocked for you but you have to continually read your Bible so you know who you're calling on you can't call on God somebody that you made up somebody that you romanticized you have to call on the Lord God your father he's your heavenly father he loves you I love you I probably don't love what you're doing but I love you to pieces enough to be doing these podcasts with my best friend Tammy Lynn Tammy say bye to everybody Bye, everyone. God bless you. And tell everybody to help us out with this website of ours that we're really struggling with. We can teach the Bible, but www.companionchapel.com needs your help. Help magnify and broadcast God's saving word. Help us out. Be part of the memory member body. It's not helping us out. You're helping yourself out, and you're helping all God's children out and guaranteed blessings when you take the time. And you take your, whatever your gift is, to help out magnify and broadcast God's saving word. This is Companion Chapel. My name is Mike. I want to thank you very much for listening to this podcast. Please do your part, share it, promote it, and have yourself the greatest day. Bye for now.